Thanks for listening. This is Ralph and Vicki's Off Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. And we're coming to you today from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Welcome back to All Grid with Ralph and Vicki. We're back. I'm your host, Pete Rogers. And today in this podcast, um, we're going we to be talking about turkey hunting. Turkey hunting is right around the corner. Spring season coming on. And uh, there's a lot to turkey hunting. And uh, we there's can't hit it a all lot we, no. can, we, we can't cover all at once. So what we're going to focus on today is... Um, uh, bow hunting turkeys. Okay. And we'll probably cover all the species, even though there's not a lot of differences, but there may be, because I haven't been able to hunt anything except Osceola's and Easterns, so I don't know anything about Rio's or Miriam. So, um, so let's talk about bow hunting turkeys. So with that, <coughs> we'll, we'll go using a blind, and then we'll go not using okay. a blind. All right. Most successful way bow hunting is a blind. It allows you to get away with movement that you normally couldn't. Draw your bow back mm-hmm. without getting seen because you know their eyes are so sharp. They're going to see. Yeah, these, are, mean, these are the hub style blinds. Bottom right. Hub. Anything that's easy to set up if you're on, you know, if you're trying to move a little bit. Um, running and gunning with archery equipment and a blind is a pain in the butt. It Let's is. call it what it is, Pete. You know, yeah, you know it I mean? is. Most people, oh no. It's too no. much to do, yeah. It, it is. It, it, all it you got to do is a little scouting. That's all. And, and honestly, turkeys, they aren't afraid of a blind if you put it up. No. If, you go, if you're deer hunting, you can put a blind up deer and come out and look at your blind and they're going to run the other way. Cool. Turkey hunting, you can go out, find out where they're at, set the blind up in the morning even, yeah. and you get in it. In the middle of a field. In the middle of a field. Heck, they're going to come by you. Uh, At night, if you're not too close to the roost, you could set it up and yeah. put your decoys out. And you'll, I mean, you'll have birds right there. Yeah. You know, if you've done, like Vicky said, you're scouting. Yeah. You, you and, and honestly, that's probably a big key of bow hunting with the turkeys is doing a little scouting. So you're prepared if you're going to use a blind. Like you said, running and gunning with a, carrying a big old hub style blind with you, it doesn't work real well. No, but what about with that, though, if you are running gunning instead of a, a fully enclosed blind, what netting. about the, uh, the netting? That's what I was looking for. absolutely works good. A pair of snips, a little handsaw, mm-hmm. and netting, and some cable ties. It yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, we have little packs like that, or you can even actually grab, you, you've seen a lot of different companies make these camouflage umbrellas yeah. You know, to put over your tree stand so you're not wet. That little umbrella can do a, a, a world of good breaking up that, that yeah, you know, that, cup, that front end of trying to draw. Yes, it can. And there's actually one on that topic. There's one that I tried last year called Turkey Fan. You may have seen that in the yep. ATA yep. show. It's, a, it's like an umbrella. I mean, where it's, it's on the pole and you just slide it open yep. and, and you get this massive fan with an artificial head yep. in front of it. And you can just sit behind it. You can actually walk up to the turkeys with it. But it's, it's so big, you can sit behind it as a cover and then you can move it from side yeah. to side well, montana decoys makes a giant yeah i mean yeah. oversized yeah. you know strut and turkey mm-hmm. it just folds up in your pocket you spring it's a spring-loaded thing opens up you, you just carry it with you with right on the front of the boat boom and you you, you know you do the same thing so it has that spring steel yes sir just, okay. and you, you you grab your wrist two different ways you, you twist, twist it, it yeah it folds yeah. up yeah. Okay. took me like eight years to figure those out <laughs> I still have to perform. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. I haven't seen that one, but 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 those are blinds as well. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. yeah, right. Yeah, because you're you're spot on. Yeah. I mean, because when we talk about blinds, you know, we're talking about something that's going to conceal your movement right. to, to get your draw. Now, 
there's people, and we were, we've been successful with no blind. Right. Well, let's talk about the blinds first. Okay. And how does your, how does your take, is your technique different in hunting out of a blind versus not? Meaning, uh, have you noticed that your calls are more muffled in the blind? Do you have to call louder if you're inside the blind than if, than, than if not? Because does the hub style blind kind of contain the, the calls or do you notice any difference or, or anything like that? I, I mean, I think common sense. Yes, it, it would muff. It does muffle the calls. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we get right up to the window. Okay. You know, and we'll, and we'll, we'll you know we'll we'll hit our boxes or we'll, you know we'll do our slates just just real close. And, and I okay. mean, I don't I don't I don't think that's really ever been a hindrance. No, and again, it goes back to like when we're hunting turkeys here at home in Illinois. We know where they roost. They roost the same place every year. So we know where they're at. So honestly, we don't even have to do a bunch of calling come turkey season because we go set our blinds up and we know they're going to come walking down the lane. So you just ambush them? We ambush yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. We pattern them like our we deer. We pattern them, yeah. Yeah. That's we, very we, effective. We actually, we actually put our betting? trail cameras out. <laughs> yeah. 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 We put our trail cameras out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get tons of photos of turkeys, and we know what they're doing. We want to see where they're dusting, where they're strutting. Now, see, that's I mean? something that, that a lot of people don't ever talk about is using trail cameras for anything other than deer. Oh, right. Else. Absolutely. You know, but it's great for turkey scouting. Sure it is. Great for turkey scouting. You, yeah, you know, and yeah. I mean, a lot of our winter plots uh-huh. for deer still attract turkeys in the springtime. Mm-hmm. You know, we we let them just stay there naturally for, for yep. the wildlife. Right. So you know that there again, it goes back to the three food, cover, and water. <laughs> the same know? things that we like. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so you use the trail cameras to stake out where the turkeys are traveling from. You you say historically you know where they're roosting, but what right. if, what if you're not hunting here at home? What if you're going to another area where you don't know where they're roosting? Right. And you want to hunt out of a blind. Do you, I mean, how do you, just walk me through that process. Sure. You know, hopefully, you know, we're going to get there middle of the day or depending on however, whatever time you get there. Mm-hmm. And that evening, we're going to go and we're going to try to listen and glass and locate where the birds are. Okay. You know, I'd and rather. where we can actually hunt them. Yeah. If right. they're on the property, you know what I mean, or whatever. Um, I mean, I'd rather have three great days of hunting then five not so good that's right so i'm willing to give up a day or two scouting get getting a, a strategic plan mm-hmm. instead of just going in there blind and you know what i mean one you know i i don't consider myself a great turkey caller i mimic the sounds i hear right it, it does if that makes sense you know, you know what i mean when i get a hen she, she's all at you know like just She's just hitting me hard. I hit her right back. I want her to think, hey, I'm a hen. And then I give a couple little. You, you, you hit her with a call? Yeah, I hit her with okay, a call. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'd probably get them easier that way. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, you know it's blood force trauma legal here. I know. Because I was like, you it hit her be. again. That doesn't even sound right. <laughs> it's effective. I don't know if it's legal. Okay. Like, yeah, I can whip those I, HS calls it's, pretty it's, far. It's a terminology. When you're saying hit her again, you mean like hit her with a call. Like, a like you call, call right back again. at yeah. her. You see, what, you see what I deal with. I well, no, I mean, it's a But, but, you know, I, I think the other thing, Pete, that, that you know, I really 
enjoy, and that's the aspect of the entire hunt. Mm-hmm. Locating the animals, turkeys, tur- whatever it is, right. is fun. It is. It's fun. You know, you can use a, a four-wheeler. You can use your legs. You can, I mean, Binoculars. You, you can use binos, oh, spotting scopes. Mm-hmm. You can use other landowners or the landowner. That's right. You know, they'll tell you, you, you know, don't don't think that you are above everybody because you've shot a couple birds and you can go in and f- well, talk to the farmer. He's going to tell you, you know, I got those stupid birds eating my corn or my beans always in that northwest corner. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I know where where am I start? first? Yeah, that's it. I'm going to start in the northwest corner. And like here in Illinois, we can only hunt till 1 p.m. Yeah. We don't get a hunt all day. We only get a hunt from half an hour before sunrise yeah. to 1 p.m. Do so they only charge half price for your license? No. 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 So you got to pay full price for a license for, for half, half a day. day. Yep. Yes. So... At one o'clock, then you're done. You go back home, you go work, or you do whatever you're doing. But then, right before sunset, you go out and you start looking for them again. You start scouting. You're looking and for them. That's where your howling you know, and everything else yeah. comes into big play. There, there's, we, I have spots. She and I have our little spots, yeah. even RJ. We all go out in three different directions. Yeah. And, and you listen. Mm-hmm. And then you, oh, 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 you know, you hit them. And then you're, oh, 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 you're like, okay, back out. Yeah, oh. you just need to know where they're going to be. Yeah, we know, you know, yeah. we pretty much know the vicinity of where they're going to be. And that's anywhere. Now, the only thing that can change that, and you know this, you know, if you're on an area that you can't control the pressure state woods or a bunch of people hunting the farm that you have access to, you know, they may go in there in the morning, not knowing, bump them off the roost. Mm-hmm. Now things are going to change. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I mean? I do. But, but. And then you just got to work a little harder. I also know, too, that, that, you know, turkey hunting is one of my passions. So uh, I love talking about this. But one of the things that I have found at home is when they put a little pressure on them, they don't gobble at night. They will not gobble when they fly up. They will not. I mean, I, even I, when they're roosting. Even when they're roosting. They, How about the next morning? Sometimes. Oh, see, in the mornings around here. Oh. Oh, they gobble. It's like an see, orchestra. Yeah, yeah, and they gobble every direction. You're like, they're over there. No, they're over there. They're over there. Yeah. And they are gobbling well, every direction. Depending on where you are. Right. You right, know, but, right. but like at home on the the 300 acres that I hunt more than anywhere else, those turkeys seldom gobble, but they're very old turkeys and they know all the hens and stuff. So I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but, but if you're in a new area and the turkeys don't gobble on roost mm-hmm. and, and, and you know that this is where I need to be hunting because either permission or, or property boundaries, um, you just start out in the morning, going out and listening, hoping they'll gobble in the morning and then move and run and set up real fast? Or? Well, okay, if they may not gobble, all right, but they fly up, sneak into an area and listen. Mm-hmm. Let your ears do the hunting for you. You know, at 300 acres, you can get to a high point and you still can hear that whole draw. Mm-hmm. You can all, and all you're listening for is to hear... You know, they aren't graceful fly- flying up. No, no they're not. Or they're flying graceful. down. Yeah, either way, they're not graceful. Yeah. The first time I ever heard one fly up into a tree at night, I thought something was like, you know, something's happened to earthquake or something. Because yeah. they're definitely not graceful flying no, into not. trees. We're well, talking 20, 25 pounds, something dropping out of a branch, off a branch. Right. You know, and they could be 40 feet up. Yeah. They ain't yeah. going to be graceful. No. You, you know what I mean? No. Mm-hmm. They're like Boomer. He just, they're going to do what they do. Yeah. Well, and, and like you're saying, so, I mean, if they're not gobbling, you can still hear them either flying up or down. You know, I mean, and like Rob said, you know, you take, if you have a five-day turkey hunt, you know, maybe you take that first day or two 
to really scout, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting in there and bumping them off a roost, you know, take that first morning, wait and just listen. Don't go in too far. Right. Just wait and listen, see where they're coming down and figure mm-hmm. it out. A lot of states don't stop at one o'clock like Illinois does. You know, a lot of them are full day. Florida is a full day state, you know, but so here in Illinois, we'd have the afternoon to kind of watch and see what they're doing. But in other places, if that's that first morning and you're scouting and you hear them, I mean, there's an opportunity where if also, maybe you hear them fly down and like, okay, well, maybe that's where I need to be set up in the morning. But right now we can go ahead and try getting a little closer to them and see if we can't get something to happen. Right. You right. know? Right. You're only as aggressive as you, you want to be. That's right. You, you know what I mean? And, and if you know you're running out of time, you're going to be a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- right. there are people that are definitely killers. You could put them somewhere and, and stop. That turkey's going to die. It's yeah. going to die. Yeah. 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 You, There's no way around it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, good Matt. Yeah. Matt Moret. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> if I needed a turkey, if, if you needed to survive and kill, kill a turkey, he's one of the guys you'd say, follow him. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's multiple people. There are a lot of people out like there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, Eddie Salter. I, I mean, they're, you know, the, the guys David out there. Hill. Yeah. Well, I mean, mine. but those two guys can kill some freaking turkeys. They're going to go Terry in. Madewell's one. I don't know if you know him, but he's an outdoor rider from South Carolina. Terry and, Madewell. And we don't want to offend anybody by not mentioning them. I mean, right. literally, you know. But there's, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Michael. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, these guys, they're going to go out and kill the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we've had, I've always had fun saying, I hate turkey hunting. I, and you know what I mean? And I play, we played that up because I, I, I love it. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. I yeah, love how they, a bird with the size of a pea brain can actually outsmart you. Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Here's what's cool. I like the, I like the bantering with the turkeys back yes. and forth. Yes, communicating like. with them. Yeah. And then more than anything is... Your movement is so critical. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's times you think they, you see them blink your eyes, you, you, you oh. see, and you're like, "Oh no!" Or, or you know, I love when they're they start. Look at your side. Yeah, they're giving that big eye on the and one the head side. Goes up and, yeah. Oh yeah, and they're yeah. looking at you. Which is why the ground blinds are so nice yes. when you're trying to bow hunt. Oh, and then they flip their wings, and it's all over. It's oh, all yeah. over. Oh yeah, you know that. You're like, see ya. all right, take them quick. If they ever take take their wings and change the order of them, it's over. The turkey flip. Yeah. flip That's off. it. That's, That's it. what it is. Then they'll just, all right, see ya. We're done. Yeah. And there's always that one sentry. There's always that one turkey that's always on the lookout. And he just. That hen normally, she's just. And right when you think you got him killed, he stops at 55 yards oh, and yeah. turns right around and walks away from you. Okay, That's gosh. why the passion, especially with the guys with the gun hunting, you yeah. know, they're trying to reach further and further yeah, yeah. because they have that situation yeah. and they don't want that ever again. Yeah. But where do you draw the line? <laughs> well, as uh, one well-known person, I won't say his name because we're being recorded, but he said, uh, the only reason I don't shoot four-inch shells is because they don't make them. Yeah, there you go. But I would shoot four-inch or five-inch if they made oh, it. Oh, could you imagine what your shoulder would feel like? <laughs> Yeah, I don't shoot oh, three and a half. No, I just no don't we don't either. I you know, if I want hamburger, I'll grind it myself. <laughs> right. And honestly, we use our brine. We use our brine twenty gauges on turkeys around here. Love them. Love yeah, them. That's all you gauges. need. Yeah. It's a great or twelve, but don't go three and a half. You know what I mean? Just shoot. shoot. You don't have to kill well, yourself. How many turkeys were killed with two and three quarters before they came out with the three right. or the three? Isn't and there a right. big push now on four tens? Some somebody was. You know what I mean? They're yeah. trying to go smaller and smaller. And yeah. 
here's the thing. It's just fun. It is. Yeah, you know, you know I mean, it is. And, and, it's, and, it is. and it all has to evolve. So back to here we are digressing again. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which we're supposed is, to be talking about turkeys and we're talking about shotguns so, now. So, but we're going to get to that too. But the uh, uh, so you go in if you don't know where the turkeys are, and I know what I do to a new new territories. I get right right at dawn. I get to a good listing place. Yep. Yep. And I just listen. I don't I don't hoot. I don't do any I don't do any goose calling or any owl call. I just listen. And then when I hear one gobble, I or two or three or whatever, I say, I think I can get to that one. And I just go try to set up. Or you try to set up in between them. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. one's going to be more aggressive than the others. They're going to try to call them all back into their little group. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially if you hear the hens over here and the gobblers over here, you know, no, get you between them. know what's going to happen. Yeah. You want to get between them because yep. he's going to pitch down towards them and then and then go from there. He's going to stretch out. He's going to strut a little bit. He's going to, you know, and then he's going to just start walking and showing off that big breast, you know, oh, shaking yeah. it back and forth and gobbling every so often. So have you found that when you use the hub style blinds that decoys are an advantage or disadvantage 50 50 50 50 i don't you know i I don't think we could accurately say it's been a major advantage or it's been a major hindrance we we just like anybody that's ever hunted turkeys just like anyone that's used decoys for deer or whatever there's there's times it works and there's times it doesn't i think if anything though we have seen um later in the day When we've just had that one, you know, a strutter out there or something else, we, we, we've had it all of a sudden the bird pops up in the middle of nowhere, 12 o'clock in the, you know, in the mm. afternoon, it just turned 12 one and holy cow, look at you, you know what I mean? He's coming right to the decoy because he did his rounds, nothing's going on. And he sees that hen decoy, he sees that, you know, that gobbler decoy or that Jake. And now he, you know, we, we, we've seen it that, that that's happened. We'll be right back with more of Ralph and Vicky's off grid podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. This segment of the Off Grid Podcast is brought to you by Beeman Arrows. Beeman is considered one of the world's innovators of carbon arrow technology. Beeman continues at the forefront of the industry by developing new methods and processes for ever improving their products. Beeman Arrows are used by pros and sportsmen alike for their perfect balance of speed, durability, consistency, strength, and value. Beeman Carbon Arrows, made in the USA and purely American. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now let's get back to the show. So, so in that, when you, uh, so when you you use decoys, if I heard you correctly, you want to have a combination. You don't want just like three hens. You want a hen and a jake or a hen and a gobbler. You you want a strutter out there if possible, or not? Or do you find that that? I think you got to play it by ear. You, you know, you, you'll, you'll witness in your own set hunting setup what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, some some of the things that like like some of your decoys today, you know, I mean, they're so realistic. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know. But, but but like some of like our Mon- some of the Montana decoys, you know, it's a flat decoy. It's two dimensional. Two dimensional. But what's really cool is you you know you can tie a string to it. If all of a sudden you're out there and you're watching the birds flaring. You just pull that string and yank it. The thing lays down. Now you don't have to crawl out there. You haven't hindered your area, and the decoy is just laying down on the ground. We've killed birds by that, you know, just... By just removing it. Removing it. From your blind. 
and then you don't have to get outside the blind. Yeah. Because you never know where that big long beard's sitting out there, you know, at 150 yards. That's right. Looking. With that eyesight. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, because uh, I've noticed that I'm not a big decoy guy, okay? Because I, I like to run and gun a lot, mm-hmm. and, and it's just something else to carry. And then I've killed a lot of turkeys without decoys, but I know that they do work. Um, so you're saying 50-50 that... Use a use a Jake or a male decoy in conjunction with a hen. Do you ever use a male decoy alone? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. We've used them where the fans up. You know, you can pull the fan down. We've you know yeah. given movement, and I think that's definitely has helped. Oh yeah. You know, but but then again, I mean, we use just fans. That's that was going to that next. So explain that. Um, a fan is it just a turkey fan or turkey tail? Turkey tail, you know, or or like the the, de- the like the, just the the fans. It's a real one or or an artificial. Either one. We have our real one just because they're easy. They fold up. They put in your pocket. You know, and we, yeah. we, we get them. We, it's just it's it's always it's like that that added thrill okay. that here you shot a bird. You take a fan. You work it so, so it's pliable. So you, so you cut it off the turkey. Cut it off the turkey. Clean it out as best you can. Get as much Put meat borax, off of it. You, know, can you get it or salt it down. And then as it's drying, you work it. Keep working the fan. Okay, you open so and close, open and close. Open and close, open and close. Now, this is a multi-day process. It's oh, yeah, this is, this is more than a Yeah, it's in this the garage, and I walk when I walk in the garage, you know, I just open it up and close it, open it up and close it, you know, and just to keep back working. Because you don't want it to get stuck in one position. So you want to keep right. it pliable. Okay. And it's just fun. Yeah. It's just now you're using a bird that you shot yeah. to decoy another bird that you're trying to shoot. Oh, yeah. I know. You, you know what I mean? just I do. Their attention to oh, that's all. I mean. Yeah. So so when you're using the fan, if you're in a blind, remember, yeah. we're still in the blind. Yeah. If you're using the fan, you just stick out the wind and just open it up. Normally, I'll underneath the blind and I'll, you know, I'll just bring my and I'll bring it out and fan it. Uh, you know, I, I, I know people have had a lot of success putting it out the window. I haven't had that much success. I like keeping it a little lower. You, you know what I mean? So you just reach underneath. Underneath. Yes. And open it and close it, open it and close just it. Just bring them in closer for that shot. Slowly, just like, a, just follow what the bird does. You know, like like sometimes the strutters will come in and their tails will be down and then all of a sudden it slowly comes up to a full fan. Right. And then they might slowly kind of start putting it back down. And, or they turn around and then also yeah. you see the and stripes. You see the white wheels. And stuff like that. So that's what you're going to do. You're just going to simulate what an actual strutter is doing out there, but with this fan. But for somebody who has seen a lot of this, that's why I'm trying to get through there. And the other thing, too, is make sure you're not doing this on public ground that someone else is hunting very near to you. You will get shot. Well. There's a high high likelihood. We want to emphasize that. Yes. Since this is more audio. There's a, it's just like they say about elk hunting. You don't decoy during gun season for elk. You don't decoy on public land for turkeys with fans. Yeah, don't I don't them. decoy at all. First off, you're trying to be totally land. concealed, full yeah. camouflage, face, hands, the whole nine yards. And, right and then all of a sudden you're opening up a fan. Uh, just please with movement and yeah. It's, yeah. it's a very so make sure that you're safe and that it's a, a private land no other hunters around right. yep. or if they are then they're aware of what's going on right because uh, yeah, spring turkey hunting is pretty much any weapon at least it is in Illinois it, it is. is in Florida so you well, can be out there bow use, hunting we can't use rifles right, shot, well, right. No, shotguns yeah, shotgun or, or archery well many states right. are, yeah. ma- ma- many states that's what I'm saying is you still use, it's usually like a shotgun in an archery season if you want to try mm-hmm. shooting it with your bow you can but that's what we're saying. If you're out there archery hunting and you're trying to use a fan, be careful because there are going to be other people out there and that's right. they're going to see movement. And 
Now, have you noticed that the fan works better on different species? Like in the plains, I see on television when I watch the shows that the people who hunt Miriams and the Dakotas and Nebraska and Wyoming, they, they use the fans a lot out there because the turkeys can see so much further than they mm-hmm. can at home. Do you see that that's better or just a different... I think it's just because you can see further. Because you can see further. We've used them on every species so far. Yeah. With success. With With success. Okay. All right. You look even down in Florida with Hoppy. Yeah. I mean, that's the first place that we've seen it, and that was... 20 years ago. Oh, no, this is new. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) The first year we hunted turkeys with Hoppy, okay, RJ was, I think, two. And he's going to be 18. There's evidence that Native Americans were using it way before we ever did. They probably were. There's uh, art, what are they called, the the cave paintings or... Anyway, there's documentation that it's been going on for thousands of years, but it's just new to us. To a lot of people, it's new. So so now you have social media and you have TV shows to show everyone else how to do it. Where before it might have been just, oh, these people down here in Florida did this, or these people out in South Carolina, you know, or, you know, South Dakota did this. Now all of a sudden everyone knows. Well, 25 years ago, I I never learned how to dry it where I could open and close. I just dried them open and I'd put them on a a stick Stick. and just stick it out in front of me. And that's, that, that, that was my decoy. And it worked yep. great. Yeah. It worked really great. Um, so now let's talk about hunting outside of a blind, without a blind, which is how I prefer to do it. Because yep. um, I like to run and gun. And and I was, and uh, to me, it's a lot more exciting when I kill a turkey with my bow sitting flat on the ground sure. without a blind. Oh, yeah. It's just so much harder. Yeah, to be able as to if it's not hard enough, you know. Right. Yeah, as if it's not hard enough, you know, we try to make it even harder. So walk me through your process of doing that. First setup is critical. You know, having a tree in front of you, a big tree, having some brush or something, and your backdrop is critical. You you know, you, these birds have the ability to pinpoint movement. And, man, if they don't like something, they'll stand out there for 25 minutes looking, yeah. you, you know what I mean, and waiting, and waiting for you to commit to secure their thought process. It's a predator. I'm out of here. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, really. And turkeys, you know, they have predators on the ground. They have them above, so they're always you know they're on 360 degrees they're 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 looking because yeah. they don't want to get killed yeah. not not from a hunter but anything that's right you, you know yeah. what I mean? so so they're they're bigger prey mm-hmm. you, you know and um you know so so setting up is very critical having tr- like a tree or two to break up that movement so all you you know you, you just a little bit here having your bow the ability to have a little stand that the bow is standing upright. Like a Bojacks. Like the Bojacks. Yeah. Having that up there already is a huge benefit. It is. Huge. It now, is. people are going to laugh at this, but you can go to these big retailers and buy these little fake leaves. Apply them with electrical tape like we've done on the limbs in that. You'd be amazed. It doesn't add hardly any weight. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't do anything to your shooting. So like uh, fall decoration? Yep. Yes, sir. I think we talked about that in an earlier yep, podcast. We did. Yeah, And it works. Yeah. And it, it just, all it does. I know. I told Susan to go when now that Thanksgiving's over to yep. go shopping for it. She hadn't got me anything no. yet. But She's I need to go, to, the, I need to, go to the hobby store and get some of that stuff. It's crazy yeah. what it'll do. And if you want to just try it, yeah. have someone take a picture on your off your phone, you holding your bow straight up, looking right at you at the camera. And then put four sets of leaves on your on your bow, and take the same picture, same angle. Yeah, you'll be like, it's gone. 
That's amazing. Take your one arrow in your quiver if you're going to shoot with your quiver on and wrap a couple leaves on that outer outer arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cover your fletching with a leaf. Crazy. If you're using pink or something really bright, you know. Who uses pink? Me. Oh, oh well, Me. girl using pink. Well, you know, and here's something pink funny is, is that you're, t- you're telling go to the, the, to the manu- to, uh, to the um, major retailers and go buy these things. That, that's because we live in Illinois and we have snow. Think yeah. about it. Pete lives in South Carolina. He could probably go out in the backyard in the timber and pick up a couple of leaves and, stay, and tape it to his mm-hmm. <laughs> to his. Yeah, we could get real leaves. And actually. not even have to go out and buy yeah. them, you know, yeah. seriously. But here yes. we were, in the springtime, our leaves are all sort of... They're not here yet. The, yeah. 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 We're, we're, our turkey season, everything is just starting to green up. Yeah. <laughs> just starting it. Um, but I've used artificial Christmas trees, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where I just cut the individual limbs off and just twist them around. We got them in stands right now. Yeah. Trying to help you know, because there's no cover. Yeah, yeah. But more than anything with the turkeys is, you, you know what I mean? And you don't need to. If you really watch your movement and make sure you that anything on your bow setups, anything that you're wearing isn't glaring, isn't reflecting right, light. Right, right. You know, you can get away. Thousands do. You know, hooking on the string and drawing back and making your shot. Now, do you think it's more important to have cover in front or behind? I think any one, one thing. If you had to pick one. In front. In front. In front. Really? But again, then again, what if the birds are coming from the back of you? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're just sitting in the back and there's no cover on the back side of you. If they're coming around you, they're going to catch movement. Now, one of the things I've done, of course, in, in the south, we have big oak trees, is I stand up behind the tree. Mm-hmm. And that wow. way I can kind of peek around and see which way the tree, and I can kind of scoot around with him as he's coming until, until I get to a place I feel like I can draw. And then I just draw and wait for him to come. So I'm using the tree to block my draw. Yep. And now I'm just holding. So literally the tree's in front of you. So the tree's in front of me, you know, but then he's just let him step out and into my shooting lane, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, and that, that has worked really well. But whenever I'm running and gunning and he, and he gobbles, I just jump behind a big tree and stand up behind the tree instead of trying to get in front of it as a backdrop. I just stand up and then I can just kind of scoot around as I need to. And that's worked really well also. You know, and watch these shows, mm-hmm. watch the video clips and don't listen, you know, they're shooting it. Yeah. Don't watch for the shot. Watch for the movement of a bird, just like a deer or anything else. What, utilize that footage for what it's really good for. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot of times, a lot of people won't have numerous encounters. They'll have that one encounter and they draw at the wrong time, the bird got and gone. gone. But if yeah. you watch this footage and you say, okay, I draw now mm-hmm. when the bird's turning away, his fans coming up. You, you know what I mean? Right. All of this, because if you just pay attention to that footage, that footage can teach you something that you don't want to take the chance of learning at that moment. When right. all of a sudden you make the mistake, right. watch the footage of these wild animals doing those things. As, as he's strutting, as he's turning, as he's showing off himself, or as he's looking, as he's focused on the decoy, look right. at the, watch that animal, watch the posture of that animal, watch that bird, watch when all of a sudden you see it and all of a sudden he starts he, his neck starts to go back in his fan comes up and he starts to turn away well and when all of a sudden you see that he's turning that way you can't see either one of his eyes draw right now draw. Well, and remember the first time I hunted turkeys we were down in Texas not the first time I hunted turkeys the first time we went to Texas and I hunted turkeys and remember we all we all split up and I was sitting you guys had me sitting behind some brush this is 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is, this is before we even had the show. So mm-hmm. this is yeah, this is a long time ago. Eighteen hundred. Yeah, I'm ignoring him. So I'm sitting there and I was gonna try filming my. Remember that? And so I'm sitting there and they got me set up and I had a decoy out there and I was actually sitting there reading a book. It was in Texas. It was the afternoon. It was really really windy, and I was just sitting there dilly dallying. That's my favorite thing to do is just sit out in the woods. That's dilly dallying. No, I was she reading said, my so. book, which is okay. one of those weird things. It's the only time I read a book is when I'm out hunting. It's the only time I can actually sit and just read, but I can listen to everything. Anyway, so I was sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear, I hear a turkey. <clears throat> excuse me, I hear a turkey, and I'm like, I have a decoy out there, and I like look up, and I'm like, oh, there's tur- there's there's these jakes are coming across, and I'm like, sweet. I'm like, I'm going to give me a bird. And they came over to my decoy, and I drew back on them, and I, they busted me. Like, this is the first time I've ever actually hunted turkeys on my own, and we were down in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I drew back. And they busted me, and they're like, and they go, they go walking off, and I'm like, she's Dang. a full draw, and I'm at full draw, and they go walking off, and then out from behind this brush comes a big old tom, <laughs> big beard, dragging down on the ground. I was like, sweet, suicide. <laughs> the bird and, was suicide. And, like, and, and I filmed myself. I got the whole thing on film. <clears throat> she the drew on the jake. <laughs> they busted her, and all of a sudden the gobbler comes from her right. And I'm already full draw. I was like, God, they ran. Oh. That don't happen with me. No, that don't happen with me either. That's never happened with me. No, No, I don't. Not even with a shotgun. That's never happened with me. But again, we we, they had you guys had got me set up. We had some decoys out there, and I had some bushes stuff in front of me where I was, you know, and I was sitting on a chair behind the bush where I could still shoot over the brush, you know. But I was just kind of sitting there, white waiting, and I could see them coming across this pasture, and I was like, okay, don't happen. That's (laughs) that's not normal. No, it's not. That's just not normal. Some people just have all the luck. Yes. I guess yeah. so. So with that, there's been a push lately. I don't know how long it's been for a uh, little bit of controversial area here of shot placement on turkeys with arrows. It's been a big push lately with these really big broad heads to shoot them in the head to decapitate them. Because either you get them or you don't. Either you get them or you don't. And uh, um, there's a lot of brands out there that do them. Some of them are as much as six or eight inches wide. Um, and they're shooting for the head um, with archery. Do you have any opinions or comments on that? Here's my opinion. Mm-hmm. My opinion is kill them. Okay? You know, we still have a te- We like coming right up the leg. Because right where the leg goes into the body, you know there's, all the vitals are sitting there. Mm-hmm. You know, that breast is just a breast. When you skin them, you see all that meat and tissue. The best thing I would tell anybody is skin a bird. Skin a bird. Mm-hmm. C, do an autopsy. Learn for yourself where all that sits. Because I'm the type of guy, I could read everything and I don't comprehend a lot. I have to, I got, I'm a hands-on person. And when I did that, I learned immediately, even though listening to people aim for this. Aim, when I when I saw it for myself, saw where the vitals were located. Right. Yes. And it's straight up their legs. <clears throat> yeah. It's just right the there. Front, yeah. You know, where most people, if you're bow hunting, I'm <clears throat> thinking if I shoot them in the chest, just like a deer, that's not where the vitals are. They no. sit low. This they sit just above back. the hip. Very low and back. And, yep. just, and just so the people don't call in or write in about this, when you're dissecting animals, it's a necropsy, not an autopsy. So I don't want somebody calling in and saying, you oh. know what you're talking about. Oh, what's okay. it called? 
Necropsy. Necropsy for animals. Yeah, for animals. Yes. Necropsy. Yeah. Okay. And just so everybody knows, so say, I will probably never remember that. Okay. But, okay. I, but I know somebody who's listening is going to call in necropsy. or going to email and say, it's You've not been an saying autopsy. You've wrong for like 40 years. Well, I've been off grid for a long time. <laughs> necropsy. It's a necropsy. Okay. But anyway, yeah. you, you know, I, I think... I've learned way better that way. Yeah. And, and, you know. I see, I've always shot for just below the the wing joint. Mm-hmm. On the broadside okay. shot and just below the wing joint. I find the, where the wing is and go just below, which is what you're saying. Yep. That's right. Up the yeah. leg. Up the leg. As he's facing away from you, try to break him down. Break yep. his spine. Yep. You, you know what I mean? But anyone, I think I can safely say this, probably oh. ruffle some feathers. Oh, oh, oh. But anyone oh, who's, who's attempted, yes. Some feathers. No pun. Anyone who shot a turkey has probably shot one and not recovered it. With a bow. Yes. With a bow. Mm-hmm. They won't say that, but the reality of it is, is because the vials are so small, and you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's the percentage, it, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's a tough deal. You know, and, and, and I mean, that's one of the challenges. We'll be right back with more of Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. This segment of the Off-Grid Podcast is brought to you by Traditions. Traditions has the most extensive line of muzzleloaders in the industry. From brake action to bolt action to classic guns and even muzzleloading pistols, there is truly something for everyone. Additionally, Traditions muzzleloaders are available at all different price range, so there is a gun for every budget. Traditions muzzleloaders, moving forward with performance, value, and quality. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now let's get back to the show. And one of the things, too, that doesn't help on that is that uh, a 3D archery target where they oh, put the kill yeah. ring is not in the right place. No. No. It's far too high and far too forward. But that's where people get trained through yep. their mental, uh, what's it called? Uh, muscle memory. Muscle memory of... Well, this is where I shoot at my target. This is where yep. the this is where the ten ring is or the twelve ring is on my target. But I'm like, no, you need to be down here. And, and unfortunately, it's not just on turkeys, on bears. No, it's it's, it's on everything. Yeah, you know, on three yeah. targets. Yeah. But you're right on the turkey. It's and, and like you were talking about the bigger broadheads, where you like go ahead and you know what? If that's what you're gonna do, that's great because either you miss or you don't. You know, you're gonna hit them or you're gonna miss them. That's it. It's one or the other. You know, I like. To go up the leg with my regular broadhead set up, you know, and just. Yeah. Personally, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I don't like watching it on television. The yeah, head flying no, in a, one direction, the body going another. I just don't think that's good for promoting the sport. That's just my opinion. Other people are going to well, feel differently. Well, you have those the people that are on the fence, and you're, yeah. you are going to offend them. And yes. you would rather and have them come onto our side than to jump the other way. Yeah. I just think it's a higher percentage shot to go for the body. That's just, I mean, that's just Pete. So uh, having said that, um, I did a story last year on on broadheads for turkeys and talked to a lot of different people. I I may have spoke to you all about it. I usually do if it's an archery story. But, um, you know, there's a big thing now for these two-inch broadheads. We've talked about it before, about smaller heads for better penetration. Do you have any opinions or comments on that? On it? And uh, uh, some people have said that when they are going to bow hunt for turkeys, they will lower their poundages than they do for deer 
go down to a lower poundage on their bow. So let's talk about all that kind of stuff that you would do for turkeys that you wouldn't do for other animals. Spitfire gobbler getter. I've killed, I couldn't even tell you how many, how many. How did they make them anymore? I don't know. The gobbler getter? But here's the thing. If you have a Spitfire and you've shot it, you could change the blades and just round the tip off. Because it thumps Blunt hard. trauma is what you want with cutting surface. Okay, I don't know what a Spitfire looks like, so you got to... Spitfire is a three-bladed mechanical. Okay, it's a three-bladed mechanical. Yep, yep. Okay. You know, and, and that blunt trauma on the front of the tip, you know what I mean, really creates more of that kinetic energy shock okay. on the animal. Breaking stuff is, is what... You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Because um, on turkeys, you don't want the air to go all the way through, correct? You want it to stay in them? Pros and cons, Pete. You know what I mean? And we're not going to sit here claiming that we know it all. Okay. Um, we've had them. We've killed them on both situations. Okay. Complete pass-through. They don't even know they were hit. They jump around a little bit, or they run 20 yards, and you watch them all of a sudden do that dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and they're, you know, and they're yeah. down. What they do? They're down. The flop. You know what I mean? They're done. Um, and then you've had some, I remember one of the first birds I ever hit, I used with a game tracker, the old game tracker. With the string? With the string, <laughs> putting the stabilizer. Yeah. And then they, we made a bracket where you could shoot it almost even with your arrow so it didn't create any drag. Right. You know what I mean? And I remember shooting the first, one of the first birds and watching, the, I hit him. Arrow stayed in him, and that bird takes off and starts to fly, and I'm watching that line go off like <laughs> I just caught a sailfish on a reel. And it goes, and I said, I ran out of line. Yeah. What do you do? My first reaction was get up and run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Try to, you know, keep stay on stay on the line. But um, you know, I honestly liked the tracker line for turkeys. Yeah. It was a good concept. It helped. It, it helped big time. Um, you know, and then I remember seeing seeing different different products guys were coming out with. There was one that the insert actually floated in the shaft. The insert. So, and there was a stop on the shaft with fishing line attached to the insert and the back of the arrow. On the knock. Okay. So the, react, the, the the concept was, and we shot some with it, was the arrow goes in, and the, because there was a catch on the on the back of the arrow, it stopped, and the inertia pushed the, the the broadhead completely through with the heavier insert, and the fishing line, the bird would run and get tangled up in all the fishing line. It worked. It worked. My goodness! Why didn't that ever take off? Probably the cost of doing it. Yeah, and, and I, I actually have, I still have some. Oh, I kept really? Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to, I want to go back and explain for the people listening this what the game tracker is. Is back in what was it? Like eighty? Oh yeah, eighties. Yeah, eighties. Early eighties. Early eighties. Early eighties. It was honestly a, probably before that. It may have been. It may yeah. have been. But that's why. I'm, but it's, it was just a really small, small, small str- uh, like dental floss. Dental floss. Yeah, a small string that you attach to right behind your knock. Or to the, to the broadhead, the insert. I, I said knock. I meant broadhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the, yeah. the terminal end of the arrow. And when you shot, it just peeled off line. And I did, the concept was you would follow the string, Hansel and Gretel style, to your animal. Absolutely. You know, and it, it was and a really that, interesting concept. Now, I'll, now I'm going to show my age. There was one. You could even probably Google it, maybe. I think it was called Spider Wire. 
That's fishing. That's, that. that's fishing. Not spider wire. Spider. It was a, a tracking device. Mm-hmm. It was a long. I think it was an aluminum shaft, mm-hmm. and it had this super fine line wrapped, spindled on that shaft. And you would drill the back of your arrow, put a piece of Velcro with the line attached to it, and you'd have another piece of Velcro on the riser of our recurves. Yep. And when you shot, the Velcro would attach. This line would come spewing out. And, I mean, it was super fine. And it was actually inside the shaft. Oh, my goodness. Yep. And, and I mean, we I made up a ton of those when I worked for the other archery shops. Yeah. That was the thing to do. You know, you, they just... So that have been in the 70s, man. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. and it, Earlier than that. Oh, go scratch. And, and you know what I mean? It, it was, you know, it was just... But, but that, yeah. was, that was, I think, the first, you know, as far as... Like, like a tracking type device yeah. that was on and the it was side. something spider. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a spider web or something of that nature. Yeah. Anyway, so the broadheads is, is you say this, the Spitfire gobbler getter. Yep. The Spitfire uh, or a three any, blade mechanical. Any good, any good mechanical. What about a, what about a cutting diameter? A on fixed, that? fixed blade head. Absolutely. So or, I mean, the cutting size what was that like one and eighth? So one and a half. Yeah. Well, well, up to two inches on the max. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Um, you know, again, it's understanding your personal setup mm-hmm. and your kinetic energy. Well, yeah. Personally, what I do is I, I shoot 62 pounds for whitetails. I back down to 55 pounds for turkeys and I shoot a fixed blade, three, a, a three bladed fixed blade for turkeys. And I don't remember the brand cause I try all these different mm-hmm. brands all the time, you know, but that's what I have found works well for me is because I don't want to blow through the turkey. I don't know why. I guess it's just been ingrained in me from reading and seeing all these things. Don't shoot through the turkey. Let the arrows stay in. So that's what I've always kind of copied and and told people in my in my in my writing as well is to is to do that. Use a little bit heavier arrow because I'm not shooting, but. 15, 20 yards max. Max, yeah. Max. You know, usually closer than that. Um, but, again, whatever you're comfortable with. That's right. But I would recommend, though, and feel free to correct me, is if you're going to make an adjustment with your bow, go down in poundage, not up. Creed. Right. You, know, you want to be able to draw that bow back as smooth mm-hmm. and as slowly as you And be able to hold it for a three minutes. Yep. Try doing that in practice and see if you can hit, still hit what you're aiming at. Right. Three minutes is a long time. Oh, buddy. To hold back the bow, even yes. if it's 80% let off. You're still only holding 14 pounds, but that's a long time to and hold And actually, it. it's not so much holding the bow back, but the weight of the bow itself in your, yeah. in your bow hand. Yeah. There. That's what holds that's, that's what, what I get tired. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing to learn from that, and I learned it years and years ago, I came up with a little way of helping for me to hold a longer period of time is I come here and I'm at full draw. Mm-hmm. So just picture yourself at full draw. If people are just listening and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to have to sit a long time mm-hmm. at full draw. If you're on the ground, you can put your bottom limb in the ground, not you know, just touching the ground and drop your elbow down along your chest. They're still holding the full, still holding, back. and all the only movement you have now is bringing that right elbow or that left elbow 
up to your anchor. The reason being now, now you're not just free. It's just not on your upper body shoulders, tr- holding and holding. Yeah. Now you're using your body, your trunk, your trunk to hold that longer. Okay. Amazing. How much longer you can hold that at full draw and resting that limb down on the ground. Yeah. just gives that other little added thing. Mm-hmm. The bow's not sitting there shaking. And you have that locked elbow down here against my chest. So I've literally bridged it to hold for a longer period of time. Works great elk hunting and everything when they're when they're held up and you're you're caught at full draw. Drop that right, drop that elbow against your body. Even if you're in a tree stand or, oh, or yeah. standing up, drop you can't it. sit your your bow on the ground. No, but you can you just take bring that down. off the trigger. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And just bring keep because you, you're still release. You, all you're doing is from from your anchor position. Let's say you anchor right on the, underneath your chin or right at the corner of your mouth. Right. All I'm telling you to do is drop your elbow down along your chest, along the yeah. side of your body, okay. and bring your release down below your chin on your chest. Okay. And now you're not fighting, holding this. You're locked in. Mm-hmm. So you're just sitting there holding it. Okay. That's a good, that's a good tip. That's a good tip. Try it. Uh, I will. I will. Yep. I will during my practice. Um, which goes back to what we said before is, is practice like you on a hunt. And Try shoot. all these things. Sit, practice sitting down. Yep. Practice sitting flat on the ground. And we're not telling people to go out and buy a turkey target 3D. Right. Although I truly believe that is the best way and shoot take a piece of cardboard cut out a turkey silhouette paint spray it all black Mm -hmm. no markings on it whatsoever and learn to come up with your pin or shooting instinctive and pinning it every single time yeah now you i mean you we're not asking you to go out and spend a bunch of money getting cardboard make your own targets your silhouette come straight up the leg muscle the center of the body straight up the leg absolutely because you on any shot Anyone that's, that's done it a fair amount of time, they can't tell you when they made a perfect shot mm-hmm. because that memory took over. However, make a bad shot. You know, it. know exactly what, what you, you did wrong. Exactly what you did wrong. So if you can create that muscle memory. Okay. So if the turkey's facing you, where do you aim? It, I'm still going for the vitals. So where am I going? I'm going right in between the legs and coming You're up. You're going to cut the beard off. I go where the beard enters and, the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're going like to aim on the beard, though. Well, yeah. it, depending on the size of the beard. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. But, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. That beard's sitting right in the center. For, for the jakes that I kill, I go right under the beard. There you go. No, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're going to once you learn, he's facing you. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Inviscerate? No, he's talking about his autopsy. No, necropsy. Necropsy. Yes, a necropsy. When you do a necropsy <laughs> and you turn and you look at that bird all completely, yep. your mind will tell you. Your mind will say, hey, dummy, look. You're aiming the wrong spot. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, just do, take the time. Yeah, you, you know, that's and, a, and that's a very valid point. You know, that's a very valid point is to see where they are on the animal. Absolutely, and rotate it. Yeah, and rotate it, and you're going to see visually. Your mind will take over and go, ha. Huh. And that's why I didn't get that other bird. Yep. I hit it over and there. Especially if they're walking away from you. We tend to shoot way too far up the back. Oh, it's yeah. right where the tail feathers come out of the body is yep. where you want to go in. But then, if you hit it high and you still break the neck or the spine, you got your bird. Yeah. But let's go. Let, let, if, you, if you truly teach yourself mm-hmm. how to do it by looking at it, you know, you probably go online and see it. 
Necropsy. Necropsy. I told you, I ain't going to remember <laughs> A necropsy of, of a turkey, right. of a deer, of a... I remember the first time I was going Cape Buffalo hunting, right? I mean, oh, we, yeah. I went and went to the library and tried to get all photos to, to see... To see know, where the vitals are. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, because you heard all the other rumors. Now, now they got books that oh, have the little diagrams and show yeah. you everything. But yeah. the clear layers, you can see every... Layer. Do it. Take the time. Yeah. And you, you will answer your own, you know... The questions. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a 3D turkey decoy that had the vitals on it, not just scoring rings, but had the outlines of the vitals, you know, uh, which what I do is I just take uh, a Sharpie and draw them on there. Or I've even back in the day, I haven't done this to my newest one, but I've taken a, a hot piece of metal and burned it in there, you know, just burn the burn yeah. the lines in there so that it's. It stays in the, in the rain. We'll cut a tennis off. ball in half and put it on, on, on that silhouette because that's about what you're shooting for. Well, that makes me feel like I can't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can't hit it. I do, I do. Yeah, and, and, and it is. I say about the size yeah, of your fist. Size but your yeah, fist. Yeah, well, you got big hands. With I was going to say, my fist is smaller than your fist, so. Yeah. My, that's why my birds are bigger. So, nice try. So, uh, um, in, in wrapping this up on bow hunting turkeys, uh, really what we're what we're talking about is is the techniques in, in, in hunting turkeys, whether with a bow or with a shotgun, are really not that much different. The biggest things you have to look out for is when to draw, where to aim. Right. Because if you're hunting with a shotgun, the gun's already up, usually. Yep. You're leaning against a tree, probably. And you're going to shoot them in the head. Right. Or you're going to aim for... Which is fun. Yeah, which is fun. Uh, it just it just is. Yeah, um, jelly head them. Yeah, you got to jelly head them. Or as we say in second, we shoot them in the face. Yep. You know, and, and, and it is. It's a lot of fun. You know, I, I actually really enjoy shotgun hunting for turkeys. Um, but... The biggest thing is, is that in the springtime in, in the lower 48, there's not a lot of opportunities other than turkey and pigs and maybe a few places for bear. Uh, I don't know. Bow fishing. Well, That's really, I mean, it's well, limited. Yeah. So <clears throat> don't put your archery equipment up. No. No. Let's uh, see. When does turkey season open the earliest? March? March, first part of March? March 15th or something on the southern zone of, of Florida, I believe. Ours opens March 20th. So, so from March until the end of May. Check your eggs for wherever yeah, you're going. Yeah, yeah, check your eggs. But but somewhere in the country, you can hunt turkeys for two and a half, three months. Oh, yeah. From March to May. You yeah. Know, uh, all, across, all across the country. And on that, um, so that people know who are listening... The Grand Slam of turkeys is considered four subspecies. Osceola is only found in Central Florida, yep. not Northern Florida, Central Florida. Um, and then there's the Eastern turkey, which is found in the east as far Midwest. west as far west as I think Missouri, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Rio Grande, which is Kansas south through Texas, New Mexico. Well, I think that's it. There may be a few. Oklahoma, maybe. Yeah, yeah. NWTF has a good map. Yes, and, that's where you go to, yeah. you know. And then the Miriams. Miriams, your the western, Miriams right. west and yeah, north. Yeah. Which is the western and north. So, But uh, go to the National Wild Turkey Federation, look on their website. they got great maps to show you how to do that. Some states have multiple species. Right, yep, and hybrids. Yeah, and, and hybrids. Kansas has hybrids, and and the Rios and the Miriams are all in Kansas well, and yeah, Nebraska. A fair amount of states have Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, there's... I think it's Washington State that has 
I three think Washington, of them ha- yeah, has 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 three because Florida again also is only found in Central right. Florida. So, uh, but if but if you want your grand slam, you can go to Washington and Florida and be done. Cover them all and get them all done at the same time. So, um, but that's turkey hunting real quick on turkey. One hunting. one basics, yeah, very basics, oh. very basics. Yeah. If you want to know more, I'm gonna plug my book here. I wrote a book last spring called So You Want to Hunt Turkeys, and it's uh it's a uh, why we hunt turkeys and how to hunt turkeys as well. You can go to prodersoutdoors.com if you want to order a copy um, but there's a lot more to it than what I'll ever know uh, but it's a, it's a lot of fun and, uh, and, and it's exciting so thank you for joining us for this podcast of Off Grid with, with Ralph and Vicki I'm Pete Rogers your host and uh, if you haven't subscribed please do thanks for listening to this week's podcast we hope you come back again for more of Ralph and Vicki's Off Grid podcast with your host Pete Rogers 